Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 53 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, joined today by my good friend and co-host Joshua Rowe. How's it going, man? It's cold. It's <laughs> raining. <laughs> we'll keep these up for next year. Yeah. Uh, it's Star Wars Day. It is Star Wars Day. And it was uh, comic book day today, too. That's right. Yeah. Usually we record on Tuesdays, but we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday. Yes, we are. So you know what happens on Saturdays. You know, our buddy RFB is listening. Up for with, breakfast. Yeah. He's listening to Jam Transmissions and Blue Harvest with Biscuits and Gravy. And you know what? I don't know if he he's ready for this or not, but he's going to be getting some jam transmissions for lunch today, too. So please allow me to introduce and say a happy, happy Star Wars Day to our guest on episode 53, Anthony, a rural farm boy. How do rural farm boy? How do my Star Wars friends? How, How do, do, buddy? Yo, yes. Happy Star Wars Day. Yeah, we've been wanting to have you on the show for a good long time, man. I'm around anytime. I'm around anytime if you have a need for. <laughs> you got it. If one end is busy, maybe only Pete's available. Hit me up. You got it, buddy. I'm going to keep you on speed dial then. So, what's everybody been up to since uh, last time we spoke? Aside from Disney Plus, I've got further into Jedi Fallen Order. That's awesome. Nice. I can't spoil anything for you because I'm probably way ahead. So yes, you're gonna love it. It yeah. gets a lot better. Taking my sweet little time with that still. Two patches came out. Got those done. So those were probably auto-downloaded for you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they fixed a lot of stuff, but uh, I fell into a wall and couldn't get out earlier today. Oh, that's no good. So frustrated. <laughs> um, Technology. But, yes, it's awesome. Um, collecting the Star Wars comics some more and got a cool new... Uh, archive Darth Maul today. Yeah, that thing's pretty sweet. So these archives are just uh, re-releases of the Black Series, and it's a six-inch Black Series. You're holding it up right now. This That's a damn beautiful figure, man. Yeah. Maul from 2013. Yeah. Well, how about you, RFB? What you been up to lately, aside from gigantic playlists? Yeah, that one... That's that's a that's a regular thing. Don't matter what day of the week. Arguing with myself lately. I'll go and put that goddamn playlist down because I want to give some audio books a listen. Oh yeah. And I can't do them both at the same time because yeah, I wanted to go and give it a second listen or a third listen because I've done it twice to Resistance Reborn. But had a helping hand from shows. Even just this past week, was doing some reviews and whatnot of it. So just listening to them talk about it kind of put me back into that story a little bit. That's nice. Yeah, I've actually been unable to listen to it for a second time because as soon as I finished reading it, um, I immediately 
went back to uh, some older books, and, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about this uh, probably towards the end of the show, because, yeah, we're talking about Resistance Reborn oh, today, yeah. but also uh, the day before this recording, uh, we had the episode or chapter three, yeah. The Sin of the Mandalorian. So we're de- we're going to be tackling that probably a little bit before then. Um, as for me, man, it's been a really interesting week too. Like, um, I got a text from Eden, um, just popped up, you know, I've got that little, little console holder for your phone and stuff. So it flashes up. I'm not sitting there texting and driving and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it said, um, it was from Eden and it said, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to gonk out the name of this store because uh-huh. because of the nature of this story. So it said, yeah, this grocery store yeah. has a Mace Windu, a battle droid. And a Mimban Han Solo Black what? Series figure. And I was like, hold the f- bus. <laughs> Are you telling me that that, that <laughs> has... I didn't know they had those. Yeah, you got toys? And then she said, yeah. I called her up immediately. She says, yeah, they're, they're right in between the bread and, and, and the uh, the flowers. I said, you got to be f***ing kidding me. So I, I immediately do 120 to... Yeah. And I walk in there and sure enough, there they are, right? So Eden's looking at them and she looks at me and she points out that there are these big giant yellow 20% stickers all over everything, right? Wow. And they've got unfortunately all the figures are in the wrong spots. I just hate to say it. They're all just in the wrong spots. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Black Series, well, I couldn't find this the 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 tickers the the, the sorry, I just stuttered the tickers. <laughs> the 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 tickets for that. And yeah. uh, but no, all the Black Series they still had that that thing, but it, it said the Galaxy of Adventures, those tiny little things. So we go, we grab I grab 3 of them, right? I'm yeah. just like, okay, these these just came out today. This is wave 22, 2020 whatever. Yeah. Wave 20. So we get up there, we get in line, and there's this uh lady who doesn't know a thing about Star Wars. She's just like, oh, you guys are buying toys today? Yes, ma'am, we're buying toys. That's what we do. And there's a big <laughs> uh, long line behind us, and I know it's about to happen, and I feel real bad for everybody behind me, but they ring up, you know, twenty four ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Eden says, oh, those weren't 20% off. <laughs> so she gets the bag boy to go back. All the way there. So hold, hold up a sec. They were in a spot that says they was discounted when they weren't. That what you were saying? More or less, yeah. They were in okay. that spot, and they've got the 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 stick the sticker there, mm-hmm. but it has a different mm-hmm. name over there. But uh, it's a slot. They put the sticker in the wrong up. spot. Yeah. But I'm like, no, we're getting twenty percent off these fuckers. <laughs> and um, so he goes back and he says, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're twenty percent off. And he looks up and he sees that there are twenty four. There are three blocks on on the register, right? That says twenty four ninety nine, and he says twenty percent. Um, let's call it thirteen even, uh, so we can avoid doing math. And dude, I do my best. Why po- didn't you call me? I do my best poker face. <laughs> my- sure. <laughs> sure. Thirteen even for all three. Or thirteen apiece. Thirteen apiece. So, in, right. in what galaxy is is twenty four ninety nine? Twenty percent of that thirteen dollars. I'm fine with that. So I just say, oh yeah, that's about right. That's about right. We walk out of there. We save forty dollars on three <laughs> on three brand new figures that just came out of there. I power walk to my car, cheesing like a oh man. I look like a Kawakian monkey lizard man walking out. Of there. I was. I, <laughs> I was so excited. 
So that happened today or uh, the day before yesterday. I just couldn't freaking believe it. So it's been a big figure week for me. Uh, like like Josh said, we just went to the comic shop today um, and I saw a damn little Tom Wee figure. So I had to get that. <laughs> so who's here? Yeah. And uh, so I got that and yeah, I brought it downstairs with us because as obviously everybody knows, Eden's not with us right now. She's working and she may pop in at any point, but I have it here just so that when she walks down, I can be like, Tom Wee's here. <laughs> she could roll her eyes at me. It's one of those things I just say way too much. So yeah, yeah, do it in your best, do it in your best twelve-year-old Boba Fett voice. Eden, Tom Wee's here. <laughs> it's gonna happen if she comes down to the studio. It's gonna happen, and you won't be able to see it, but you'll hear us laughing at that side eye I get from it. Oh, yes. <laughs> wow! You said we used to have them that fear back when I was a kid. They're long gone from here now. Yeah, they're all over Kentucky, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so, used to be up here once upon a time. Yeah, they are They are my my new secret Star Wars figure shop now. Yeah, ours doesn't have black figures. That's that's pretty crappy. Yeah, so you know what? Okay, so that gonking out of, of <laughs> going to be for two reasons. One, keep it secret, keep, keep it, it safe. safe. Two, I don't want to get that dude in trouble. Also, right. I want to make sure that, that happens again someday. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he's really good at uh, math. <laughs> man, oh man! So history, history's known to repeat itself, Peter. Oh yeah, well I'll let you guys know if it does. So RFB, my friend. Yes. We know you pretty good, and I know a lot of our our listeners know you. But I tell you what, since it's your first time on the show, would you mind doing a little introduction for yourself and saying like? how you got into star Wars and why you love it so much. How I got into it. Uh, that would fit pretty well with some of what conversations been going on most recently in the bigger part of our fandom about females, girls and, and women and whatnot. Ladies, I was 10 year old kid, 1977 naive, lived on a little one acre farm. That's where my handle come from. Though I ain't a farm boy now, I've still always been one. And a couple neighbor girls lived across the way from us with teenagers. Was friends with my mom and my stepdad. And we went horseback riding everything together every weekend. The girls were all knew what all this was going on. And I had to say what was what. But they come over and they, they asked my mom, she was like, can we take, can we take them up to the, the theater and show them sitting he can come sit and watch this this film with us, this this story. And she said, yeah. So I went, not knowing what was what. And they were trying to explain to me, you know, this this is because they'd already seen it. And they wanted to go and share it. So I went along. And I can remember sitting in that theater. And the first thing that stuck, it's still burning my brain to this very here and now day, is when the stormtroopers board the Tanda V4. Yeah. Yeah. They burned through that door and then they just mow down that hallway. Yeah. That had me. I know most folks will go and say it's when the devastator is chasing the Tanavi and it comes overhead and goes on for like forever. I remember that, but it was still just that, that hallway scene. And it just had me lock, stock and barrel, all of it. And I come back out of there and from then on, yeah, it was everything. It took me two damn weeks to remember what the hell Darth Vader's name was because I didn't know what it was. So I'm going around school asking everybody because he showed up on a um, – back then there used to be for, for Saturday cartoons, there was like 
preview shows that would be on for like an hour previewing what new cartoons was coming up. And he popped up on there. And that's what I was just, I went and saw him in the, in the theater. Couldn't remember what his name was. And then he stuck with me from then on. I mean, hell, I haven't tattooed on my right shoulder. From then on, clean up through the dark times after, after Return of the Jedi, I, it still stuck with me. I got my first job out of high school and was running around to all the different toy stores that was around and they were clearancing out everything and I was just buying everything I could <laughs> find. Oh man. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can remember finding the B wing, the tie interceptor. Oh man. Y wing. And I did have a collection for a good long time. And it's also maybe it's a different story for a different time, but that collection's long gone. Then come the 90s when we was told well the special editions come out and I was all game for that and by then I already had my first what was going to be three daughters and got all hooked up and fired up into watching them and being told them and the new different things that Mr. Lucas went and added into it and then we learned that there was going to be another trilogy oh yeah 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 and that just had me yeah I was <laughs> going rooting through Pizza Hut dumpsters to get all the cardboard standees and the window clingies and everything else as they were tossing. And if they, I went and asked them if they could, if they were getting rid of them, saving, here's my name and my phone number, I'll come pick it up. Let's go and collect all that different stuff. And then it's just always, it's always been about, I know the folks call them the films and movies. To me, they are always been stories. Yeah. yeah. And I've never also been able to go and do theorizing or speculating because I know they, they ain't my stories. It's always somebody that wants to tell you in for the 42 years. It was George Lucas telling us Star Wars stories. But he also went and taught a bunch of us as fans how to tell some. And now that's who's telling us now, fans just like us. Yeah, look at them now. Stories. Yes. That's it. And making some of the finest Star Wars stories that, that we've ever seen. Hands down. Yeah. Especially currently. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Everybody from Ron Howard to Gareth Edwards, Ryan Johnson, they're all former students in a way of Mr. Lucas. Oh, yeah. And got, got that privilege to tell us all these great stories. And now here we get them on, on like TV size. We're starting and it's doing the same thing that every next story since Empire Strikes Back has done. It's told a, a different story in so many different ways, whether it be by line of story or by a force power or different new characters. Everything, every next story since Empire has been something new and different. Even the music, it's not all the same. It's all new and different if you're really looking and watching. Yeah, it's really cool to watch, especially with The Mandalorian right now, with every episode having a different director. Yes. You can totally tell the difference. Yeah. You can see what what are they focusing the camera on? How much silence is in this? You know, what? how are they telling the story? The yeah. yeah. What are they focusing on? And you had the different directors and, and writers in the animation for sure. Like uh, everything that Dave Filoni's ever touched has been good. Mm -hmm. And you've had different flavors throughout, especially in Clone Wars. I feel that. Um, but you kind of get the sense that everything from the Clone Wars and even now with the Mandalorian, 
that they, they're kind of like what George Lucas was a big fan of. Yeah. Serials. The kind of mm-hmm. stuff that is is really just it's what it's what we're getting now, I think. I can't freaking wait until Friday. There's so many right. more Star Wars days now. And yeah. I'm talking with people all over, not just on the podcast, on Twitter, but also in real life at work. Yes. It's pulling in the people that that otherwise More wouldn't have fans. talked. Yeah. 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 That just wouldn't wouldn't have otherwise brought up Star Wars to you. But they know you're a Star Wars fan. And yeah. They'd be like, hey, man. Did you check that out? Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. there's like four people at work right now that I didn't even know were that into it. Yeah. And they're walking up and down the lines like, hey, did you watch that last episode of The Mandalorian? And you're like, yes. How are you and Pete going to talk about that? Well, check out our podcast and you'll find out. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just so much fun. It passes the day too when you get to actually like talk to them about it. Yeah, and it's not just me and you because we have to withhold so much. Yeah, so we can provide some minuscule amount of content. Yeah, these days. Yeah, I've got a couple of folks at my own work when I'm running around through the warehouse that and listening to shows and then go find a little spot that I can uh, sit and check out what's going on in Twitterverse and and find something new and go running over to one of the folks that's not quite as caught up as me and, and say, look at what's going on here. We're going to get this and, and whatever happens to be the news at that moment. Yeah. I got a couple of folks I can go do the same thing with and, and be able to share that with too. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Star Wars is, is really getting broad yes. overall. Extremely. Isn't that funny how just a couple months ago we were just like, um, is Disney ever going to start? advertising like yeah. what do we know obviously like they just sat here and showed us no we know what to do yeah <laughs> it's it's incredible it's incredible what they've been able to do oh they advertise the, Star the Wars. hell out of it yeah it's with, a new trailer every week yeah <laughs> yeah and some folks are taking notice of that recently that what they put out to tell us about the mandalorian is the same damn thing they should have done and didn't go and do for solo i agree with it's that very plainly evident it worked because uh any boycotts. Oh, it no. Wasn't, it wasn't. No, it's very plain to see now that there was only maybe one month of marketing done for that. Yeah. yeah. That they didn't go and they didn't do it the way everything else they did. And now it's plain, plain to see. Hindsight 2020. And then they just, they put it into the new stuff and yeah. thankful for that because actually, you know, and, and this is kind of a twisted little point of view probably, but in a way, I'm almost kind of glad that it went the way that it did because we're going to be getting more live action stories yeah. instead of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In and I theory, think they're going to each be different. It's going to they every next whatever next news coming Cassian and whatever the story is going to be about Obi Wan. I don't think they're even going to be like what Mandalorian's doing. They're going to be something new and different in their own way. Oh, you're probably right about that. I I can't. I'm just so freaking excited about it. And then like. I can't like it's funny. I think about the Mandalorian so much that I forget that we're less than a month away from the rise of Skywalker. And then I start thinking about that and I forget about the Mandalorian. Meanwhile, we've got Star Wars Resistance coming on. I'm watching every mm-hmm. Sunday and I'm just like, oh, this is great, too. And then you got Clone Wars coming in, what, February? Oh, I just mm-hmm. love it. I love it. I just, oh. And Resistance goes and does, again, something new and different. Yes, it's Star Wars animation. It ain't like any of the other animation. It's not clean, plainly ain't like Clone Wars nor Rebels. And it's also not like Forces of Destiny 
or the other little shorts that that Lucasfilm put out called Star Wars Blips. Every other animation that's been done telling Star Wars stories is its own new different thing. It that don't look anything in relation to how other stories of I'll say that format animated. Each of them's got their own different look. That's what Lucasfilm does. Everything next new is something new and different. That's what they do. That's what they've done for 42 years. It's always been new and different. And hopefully going to do for another 40, 50, 100 years. Bring it on. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I will, I will, I'm not usually into the idea of cybernetics, but if, if there's a point before I, I pass into the force for me to start putting myself into machinery, I will do it just so I can enjoy Star Wars. That's the only <laughs> thing that will make me do that unnatural sort of stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> I think about that stuff. I, I don't like Terminator, you know, Skynet. I think about that yeah. all the freaking time. <laughs> but for Star Wars, oh yeah, come on, Skynet. Bring it. <laughs> my favorite channel. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys want to talk about that chapter three of Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, before we do that, we got a little, little ditty we like to play before our segments. <laughs> so sad. Oh, if, that don't, if that don't go and get you wound up, come on. I'm fired up. I'm fired up, man. So this one was called The Sin. Interesting title. Isn't it an interesting yes. title? Yeah. And um, here's your final spoiler warning if you didn't already get it. Like, <laughs> if you don't want to get spoiled on chapter three, don't continue. So Johnny Orm's already seen it. Good, good, good. Man, I just, I feel so much. For everyone in overseas right, that yeah. can't get it. March? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that sucks. Especially with like UK and stuff. Mean, like, Why? Yes. Give me that a good reason. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Gotta be something to do with money is my guess. <sighs> Craziness. Something way beyond us, yeah. So fair. uncivilized. It is, Obi. <laughs> well said. Well said. So with this title, though, I got to say, you know, this was really throwing me for a curveball the way that as I watched throughout the entire episode, I thought about that the title. Sin, the sin, the sin, the sin. Yeah. I was like, wait, is he going to is he going to don't tell me he's don't <gasps> kill him. Oh, he, he did. He did. Wait, no, no, he did. Oh, man, it got me good. Like that. Yeah. that's this is good television. Yeah. This is good storytelling. Wouldn't you agree, RFB? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. So we start out with a with in the very beginning, we've got. We like to call him Baby Yoda because it just rolls off the tongue. We know that it's not Baby Yoda. Do, do you got a good name for him? <laughs> I just call him the little one. The little one. The child. The child. Kiddo. That little one, yep. Sweet thing. <laughs> He's got a name. He does have a name. We, we, I've seen told that we ain't yet learned, and I ain't seen it. Nobody's been laying it out as a spoiler, but yeah. somebody was talking with Mr. Carl Weathers, and he put it. He said that that little one's got a name. Oh man, you have to be told. Same, same as the Mandalorian's got a name. Oh, it's terrifying. Like I, like you, like you heard on the episode today. I can't eat. I, I, I barely do Twitter. I don't want, listen to other podcasts until all this stuff is coming oh, yeah. out. I just, oh man. So yeah, this is. A, I want to be revealed in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. This is a spoiler-free show, and um, 
Oh no, I keep I see many a different spoiler. I don't even share it or say nothing about it. Unless somebody wants to ask me about it, then we'll talk. You're the Until man. Then, yeah, I don't go and do that. Yeah, you're a good I man. Follow, follow everything that Mr. Jason Ward does. I just keep it to myself, or I talk back and forth with him about it. Good deal, good deal. So we see this child who's too damn cute for oh, his yeah. own good. And he sees that ball on that's that, the sin on that accelerator that he's so cute. Yeah, that's the sin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's sitting there just playing with that thing like it's a toy. It ain't a toy. It ain't a toy. <laughs> and how about just the look on his eyes as he's going through the streets of that planet? Do, do you happen to know the name of that planet that they go to where the guild is based? I want to say, and some folks you know, on the past couple of days been talking about because we only know the name of one of the worlds that he was on yeah and that was a sandy desert one called arvala seven arvala seven yeah yeah where we meet he meets cool um aside from that where he gets the bounties i feel like and i will agree with some other folks on other shows that maybe that is tatooine oh wow i hadn't even thought about that like an atmosphere collapse through like it almost looks like it combined with Solace. You know, it's it's wild looking. Oh man! It's so ashy. how how could a planet like Tatooine become that planet? If that's what you're thinking. Mm, all the the buildings and the structures are very very similar to what we've seen in Mos Espa and Mos Eisley. Fair enough. And that made me go and wonder because we know that there was one other city called Mos Pelgo, and that's from the Aftermath, the first Aftermath book, where we meet the fella that found Mandalorian armor in that story in one of them, them uh, interludes. That's right. The sheriff or whatever he was. Or something. And, yeah, he was looking, aiming to be a sheriff and bring some law and order to that town. And, like, I believe I said it was Mos Pelgo. Pelga? Mos, yeah, Mos Pelga, and it later got renamed Freetown, and he was a sheriff of that. So that I'm making me wonder, could maybe that be? Yeah. There and you speculating a little bit. But no, I'm thinking it's still something. I'm thinking Tatooine, but it's I just haven't yet the sun. another different different town. Yeah, very interesting. That's, that's definitely going to get my noodle going when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> Just the redness and stuff kind of shining through the cracks in that place. It just looks super volcanic. That's really interesting. So if Tatooine did have a cataclysmic volcanic event somehow, yeah, it could totally be covered in ash. And that would blow my mind. Hmm. That w- What a surprise that would be. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really get anything volcanic about it. It looked, still looked very dusty and sandy to me. Yeah, the volcanic that I got from it was um, w- from from the uh, stratosphere. Mm-hmm. When he's looking down on it, sometimes it, you can see mantle through cracks. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll, I'll take a double another look at that. This that wouldn't be the first time I've been wrong about something on the podcast. Right. But <laughs> speaking of that, we do that a lot. Speaking of that, there yeah. was something that I was very very wrong about on the last episode, and it has to do with the Mandalorian. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. What's that? That is, um, I said that there was 95% chance that um, Dr. Pershing's patch 
was not relative to the Kaminoan clones. And I got to tell you, exactly like it's exactly exactly like, and in, in the second episode, I couldn't get a good look at it. Right. So where this, this article could have come from was when they showed the first three episodes, there is two, there are two seconds that you can see his patch folded over and it almost looks like it. But then there is a millisecond where he's crouched. Yes, and it's it's laid flat out, and it is one hundred percent the exact same symbol. Ill, I L. Well, that's just what I call it. And the, the, it's a diamond shape. It's a little bit different, yeah, but whatever. dude, what an interesting twist! Turn, yeah, yeah, twist. And and I know we we probably won't go on the speculation wagon right now for that. It's more lack of sleep for me in the yeah. in the near future. I. What do you think, Josh? It makes me wonder what happened to uh, Camino at the end of that. You know, like when the Empire took over, where did they go? So who was in control of that crap? You know, that's they made the army. Are there are there any uh, canon stories of that that you know of, Anthony? Concerning Camino, uh, Camino and and what happened uh, between what we saw from it to where we're at now. Yeah. Hmm. The only thing come to mind were the parts of Clone Wars that dealt with the Separatists attacking Kamino. Right. That I can recall. Right. Um, any other stories that weren't including that, that's canon? No, nothing, nothing coming to mind that we've been told about yet. Well, it looks like that we're going to be told those stories here soon. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Tom Wee isn't here anymore. First person's uniform was very similar to Galen Urso's, except it's a lot light, dustier green, maybe from age and wear, I'm thinking. But yeah, very, very similar to the same, same thing that Galen Urso was wearing in Rogue One. Very science-y. Science core. And I still got, <laughs> I got not one clue, and I'm not going to go and guess either, because... Maybe that's coming up in one of the next sto- one of the next chapters. Maybe there's going to be something that's going to be part of that to tell us what what Pershing's all about. Yeah, looking forward to that. Cannot freaking wait. So going back to this episode, we've got the eyeball uh, that comes out that little mechanical <laughs> eyeball on a <laughs> stick. Macho Bob Rinky. Yeah, it says the same thing that the one at Jabba Palace does. Yeah. Same exact words, same exact inflection. Yep. It makes me wonder if um, we're going to get a, a dedicated dictionary to and grammar to Huttese. Like, That'd like, be awesome. Like we got for Klingon. Yeah. That was one of my favorite books growing up. And I had that. Yeah, right? Okay, he understands. Yep. I love, like, yep. like, on Duolingo. Forget learning a practical <laughs> language. I'm trying to learn Elvish and Klingon, man. Elvish should be neat. <laughs> also, don't forget, don't leave out learning to, to read Arabish. Oh, yeah, of course. I have a hard time with that for some reason. I don't know I'm why. I'm getting better. Are it's, you? Yeah. I can mm-hmm. maybe pick up three or three oh, really? or five. Study. Yeah, I jumped, I jumped back into it when uh, Resistance started. Yeah, because it's everywhere. We were a little bit later on in the first season when... Kaz got a hold of that star map that yeah. had different different worlds in the, I guess you would say it would be the southwestern part of the galaxy, yeah. and they had the names of those planets listed. And somebody got a screenshot of that and ran that around the Twitterverse, 
And Tom Chansky got a hold of it. And he was like, you know, my RFS is a little bit rusty. And right then I was like, you know what? RFB's brushing back up on his <laughs> RFS because I want to be able to read all this stuff. So, yeah, I've been I've been finding some time to, to keep up on that. But, yeah, the Klingon Dictionary, my mom grew up with the original Star Trek. So oh, yeah. I was also a very much a Star Trek fan, too. And then when Next Generation came around, that was my version of what she grew up with. And she got into that too. Same thing happened. I'm the youngest of uh, five kids and my mom absolutely loved the original series. I was catching the next generation in deep space nine every single week. Once mm-hmm. they started crossing over there, right there in, in uh, what was that? 1993. Yeah. You got two episodes a week. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Good times for mm-hmm. trekking. So back to the star Wars. My bad, yes. my bad, yeah. my bad. This is, Star Wars. Thing. I'm included in that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that child when he sees that machine and and just the way that he sees the world around him. Sometimes you forget. I, I tend to think like, how old is this child? How does he perceive the world? Is he actually a child? Yeah, he just ages. Slow. It takes a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot slower. But man, the way his little tiny jaw drops when he sees that thing, those little teeth come out. He's got that. He looks like a little. Uh, Little groundhog, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's just too cute. Matter of fact, go go later on today, go give that another look and watch his face as the Mandalorian is taking him down that street before they get to the door where he's gonna go turn him over. Watch the looks on his face as just what you were saying, Peter, how he's perceiving things. He's he's got an air of worried wonder about him as he's looking until the stormtroopers come out that door and he sees him. Then you watch his face because his ears just sink and his eyes open up big and wide and his mouth gets like the, Oh no. Yeah. Look. And yeah, that it's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, it is watching him. You, you know, he know he understands what this is, even though he ain't said a word, man, they've done such a great job puppeteering mm-hmm. him. Oh man. So, okay, so he he goes inside and he meets with the client yep. and Dr. Pershing, who immediately start treating him like a science project. Yeah, which is... And it just, just raises the blood pressure, doesn't it? Yeah. Your face that you just made just sums it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <Ooh. Just like laughs> I want to say probably the coolest thing that I was able to glean from that scene, that nasty, nasty scene, was <laughs> I know how many bars of Beskar steel is a Camtono now. Yeah. This is important knowledge. You also learned what a Camtona was because last episode you were asking what that was and I'm yelling at the radio. That's what they told us. That's what they showed us that picture back just after celebration ended. Right. folks went and forgot about that. Yeah. Saying how that's (laughs) brand new. And I'm like, no, if you remember back at celebration, they shared it with us. See, and that's why we have you on, man. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. You're absolutely right. It's like a safe. Yeah. It's like a safe for storage. Yeah. So that's a lot of spice you could put in there going to the grief cargo line saying later. Dude, he he's the- crazy. <laughs> hey, that guy's got some problems. Yeah. I wasn't sure how he was going to align with this, you yeah. know, where, where his character was going to be. He's just, he's a shitty guy. I don't know. I think, uh, oh, no. I think that there's he's more dead. story to be told for him. Oh yeah. But right now he's just a shitty guy. For the, for the client or for Dr. Pershing? Uh, grief cargo. Oh, okay. Apollo oh, grief. Yeah, Apollo grief. Um, <laughs> the client's just a. D- that's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way around that. There's no redemption there. He's just a. D- Pershing. 
seems like he's a good guy, just mixed up with the wrong people. Yeah, there was some interesting conversation whenever he goes back Mm -hmm. uh, later on. I know we're jumping around, but that's just because of the excitement. Uh, When he looks down the street and like looks uh, through the building there and he can see the client and Pershing talking, what did he say? He's urging Pershing to carry on with extracting, what was it, with the extracting, I want to say substance. Yeah. I don't remember the exact where I had it right before we pushed the record button and <laughs> yeah. it went away. This is how it goes. Yeah, he tells him to, to, to carry on with it and that he can't really guarantee his safety. That's what it is. He can't guarantee his safety. And it makes you wonder who are they doing this for? There's somebody yeah. bigger than both of them. Oh yeah, this they're is, working this is together. A yeah, so that I, I thought that was interesting. That's that also raises the odds as well. Probably the beginnings of the first order. I'm also going to go and wonder about grief cargo later on in an upcoming chapter because I know you was giving him a little bit of grief just a bit just in, <laughs> just now. But there's a scene out of some of the clips that we were shown. That we ain't saw yet. Yep. I know what you're talking about. It's the one where the Mandalorian's coming out that door and he's blasting stormtroopers. He gets the one right to yeah, right yeah. to his right, and then he gets one in front of him. Who's coming out the door right behind him? Grief, Grief. Cargo. Yep. So just hold on to that and we'll see what what that ends up being told us. Yeah, and once we get towards the the end of this episode, I think that there's gonna be more that's leaning towards that for sure. Yeah. Chaotic. Good. Very Neutral, exciting. Maybe. I I, th- I mean, just from the look on his face during the whole showdown at the end, he's like, "I'm oh, screwed up." Like he was in control of the situation, but he also and, and also he's just such a good actor too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the the thing is, man, that there's more to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of subtle nuances yeah. of Mando is my friend, or at least I believe in him. He is my favorite client, I guess, yeah. in, in a way. Um, one thing that the client speak, and I'm speaking of the the client now. He said finding a Mandalorian in these trying times is more difficult than finding the steel. Yeah. And we learn a lot more about this particular, let's call it a tribe yeah. of Mandos. And that is the, probably the most fascinating stuff that I got out of this episode is why there is that there is only one that goes out. Yep. To remain secret. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh, that they can only go out. Yeah, during that firefight when they show up, and it's the folks are wondering about the calling them the brute, the big guy with the with the auto cannon, heavy infantry. Yeah, he's heavy. That's he's heavy infantry. Uh, we learned from Black Series. Yes. When that in that firefight, he tells them, "We got this. We got you covered. Get the hell out of here." And he says, "You're going to have to relocate, re- relocate the." He had the word. And the name for it, and I didn't go and latch onto that. It's something con. It starts with C O N for sure, and I didn't go and catch that. So I'm gonna have to go put some earbuds in when I go and give that a watch next. Yeah, there's a lot to take away from that. So we can all. I think we all kind of figured that that was John Favreau, probably. That's what folks are guessing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna. So I like him. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you guys if you if you haven't uh, seen. The uh, end credits. Yeah. So my first thought was, is that a Vizsla? Yeah. He sure sounds like pre Vizsla. The played, color. Played by John Favreau, but he sounds like him. And, you know, that's that can be a hereditary trait. I sound like all the men in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And what's interesting though is in the credits, it's called Paz Vizla. It's a Vizla. Yeah. With the blue and everything. How like, cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. It's just awesome. Oh. Like it's it's neat. <laughs> I love how they're doing little stuff like this. Just small little threads of like just connecting this yeah. series and this series and this series and this little piece of history and like Vizzles are huge. Yeah. Vizzles are huge in Mandalore. Look at you. <laughs> I'm making know, right? jokes. But seriously, like that's that's a big clan. Who else is in there? Yeah. That that takes and goes and buckles up up to the Mandalore stories from Clone Wars. Yep. Yeah. Directly. With the Death Watch, I mean, the sort of things that he was saying were the are the sort of things said against a group that you want to separate from. Yep. That would lead to something like Death Watch, which yeah. I also think think is kind of cool. Not saying that there is a Death Watch within there, because it's very well controlled by the philosophy that the armorer kept reminding them of of what the way is. Yeah. That is the yeah. way. The the foundlings are the future. That is the way. And then it's just like continue the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's the clan before you. We also know that there's gonna be coming up in a, another chapter. Um, what folks are really going and guessing is another character is an actress that voiced her in Clone Wars that just recently put out a, a Twitterverse message saying that she is super excited for what she got to do on her job that she can't go and say nothing about. Nice. I'm talking about Katie Sackhoff. Oh, yeah. wow. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bring it. Um, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if that's another string to tie onto something else we know about. We'll see. That's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I'm ready. Give it to me, Star Wars. <laughs> so how about those flashbacks? It seems like every uh, every episode we're going to get a little bit more of the flashback story. Yeah. Well, at least any time he gets a piece of armor. Yeah. I'm still I'm still rooting for it was Life Day celebration. What this is also telling me is now we know about the Mandalorians that they do take their helmets off and that might yeah. just be the way that this tribe is. They're like, this is so it. It'd be secret. Yeah. yeah. It makes, makes me think that the possibility that these guys um, are not actual Mandalorians and that a foundling is just an orphan of anything at all. Like any Brought sort of background. Mandalorian, yeah. Uh, it's adopted. Religion. Yeah. Yeah. The philosophy, the religion. So this is a cult. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the times that we did see, yeah, Mandalorians did spend a lot of time with their helmets off through Clone Wars, through Rebels. Yeah. There's many. I think we saw more Sabine without her helmet on, but those stories were in relation to this. That was a good little ways back. Something changed yeah. for the Mandalorians between the great them stories, them stories back and now something changed for them that they choose to not want to go and remove their helmets. Yeah. Maybe we'll learn what that is. Yeah. I, there's no doubt about that. Like they've, they've got us all in there. We, we're, we've taken the bait. Oh, we're hooked. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> no coming. doubt. So did anyone else notice the little Easter egg? Um, whenever Mandalorian and we'll hop along to the next part after this, uh, once he gets back to the razor, Crest. Razor Crest. Ever, ever since I said Razor's Edge, that's yes. all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. 
So whenever he goes back after he notices that the ball is there, he gets real sentimental. He's yeah. like, oh, my, my little child, need, up. my green little baby, I need to get you. There is a bar that was used um, in the garbage compactor of the Death Star that Han held up, leaned up against the wall. Yeah. It's the exact thing. I got to go back and check that out now. That's one I didn't catch. Yeah. So if you can see like the dumpster where he finds uh, the canister where Yoda is in. And his and his little robe too. When I yeah. saw both of those, I just sunk. Oh, me too. It just, yeah. And then it makes you think the title, The Sin. Yeah, that oh, was... no. And you know what? They could do it. They could do it. They could actually. They better not. They could make this a tragedy. And we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But they're, they they could have, and they didn't. Yeah. Oh, it's just yanking me in so many different ways. It's like, it was, it reminds me of a time, and I know this is in no way like as emotionally jerking, but whenever during Solo, whenever they fell into the Great Mall, Mall yeah. and then you had the, um, the coaxium like didn't go off right away. Like, like oh, all these characters that you know are, are alive. You still went <gasps> like they were going to die. Yeah. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's just, I'm getting the same excited vibes. Cause that you, I got you honestly don't know what's coming and it takes you like, it sinks you into that and takes all the stuff that you know about anything and just kind of puts it on hold, which is nice. Yeah. So we'll hit to towards the end whenever he starts to get, or he gets the child. He's taking With everyone down like, fan. like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaking around. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was really good. And, um, but once he gets the baby and he comes back into town, everyone's tracking fobs start going off. Yep. And then it, it, it was only then that I realized how many people in the guild, it's like a biker bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, that they're well, all bounty hunters. That entire city, town, whatever was loaded with them. Yeah, everybody had one. I had one. Yunstu had one. Everybody had a tracking Yeah, Yeah. And none of us came through except the Mando. You know what's funny, though, is look at them. They all had a shot. Nobody was willing to take it. Yeah. What does that say? Did you catch the the droid bounty hunter? He looked like uh, a black Death Star droid, sort of, kind of. Did you catch him? Hmm. He looked like uh, exactly like a Death Star droid. A mix between that and four L four LLM, all black with some chrome trimmings. He had a blaster rifle. I think he got took out too. Yeah, that, I saw that and I thought, holy shit! Yeah, we're all sorts of great reasons to go back and watch this. No, I missed Slow. that. Yeah, and we got to see our buddy Dominic Pace. He was in there a couple times. Oh, he got a great, great screenshot there yep. of him next to freaking Apollo Grief. Yep. I love it. So cool. I didn't He's see huge. him go down. I didn't either. Yeah, that was the talk. And made it even more fun was yesterday, um, streaming Star Wars podcast, did a live chat, and they went and cho- chose to do it instead of 10 o'clock at night like they usually do. They did it at 2 in the afternoon. Nice. Which, yeah, for me, didn't pan out. What I thought didn't pan out too well because I was still at work. Probably because they had a special guest, huh? Yeah. Yes, they did. Dominic was on with them and they were taking some questions from the live chat. And luckily for me, my coworkers all took a half a day. So I was there by myself. So I was just sitting at my desk and my supervisor left me alone and I got to moderate that live chat. And folks were asking him, can you tell us if we're going to see you in any other next upcoming chapters? And did you, did you live through that gun, that, that 
firefight and he couldn't go and say anything. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I'm just cheesing thinking about this. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. Samora. It's so cool that that he has uh, jumped on and, and reached out to all of the podcast yes. community because he is a fan. Oh, yeah. And he appreciates the exposure. Yep. Such a good guy. We, I, I want to talk to him more and more. Oh, and yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. but that's so cool. I would love to see more of that, and I would love nothing more than for him as a Star Wars fan that we all had to have a figure of ourselves. Oh, no doubt. I would, I'm going to buy three of them at least. Yeah, one, one to like <laughs> take out of the package, one to put up, and then one for backup. I noticed in the Twitterverse that somebody went and hit him up that makes custom figures since oh, there ain't yeah. one out yet. Somebody mentioned that they're going to go and make one, customize one for him. Well, they're going to be getting my money. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we headed next? Well, we're heading to the end of that showdown right now. Like whenever we can just, we can talk about the showdown. It oh, yeah. was just a lot of firefight, a lot of stuff going on, but I mean, it was chaos, havoc, and pandemonium is what it was. So that about sums that up. But oh, what yeah. about, let's talk about with Grief Karga. Whenever he shows up and basically the Mandalorian on his razor's ra- I said it again. Yeah, you're Razor right. Crest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he has to use the cryo freeze to basically like mask the area. Yeah. He shoots him. He falls in down. The chest. In my in my heart, I saw, oh man, he shot him in the chest. He's done so. <laughs> and when he pops up, he he comes to life, pulls out those two little bits Best. of Beskar steel. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That was an intentional shot. Yeah. That's why I think that there's more story to be told about their relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very exciting. Yeah. There's something off. Like that was just, and he acted his boring. ass off. Man. Yeah, he did. And so I would hate for that to be it. Yeah. And I feel the same way about, uh, the wonderful puppet, uh, Nick Nolte. Yeah. I want to see Kuil, whatever we call him. That's maybe, maybe that's where more. he's going. Yep. I'm, I'm going with Kuil. Okay. K U is Ku and I L is L. Kuil. I'm good with that. I just the one big thing that got me was when he was on that little uh, skiff, speeder, whatever the hell it was with the droid. He laid over top of and shielded the um, mm-hmm. the child. That little one. Yep. Yeah, that was neat. That was just like almost like an apology, you know. And he, he did the same thing that I would do for him. Like I'd die for that little thing. He's <laughs> 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 but really, and then all of a sudden, it's like. You know, at least if anything I can do, like he was kind of resigned to this being it. And then what happens, man? All of the Mandalorians show up out of freaking nowhere. Oh, man. There had to be at least a dozen of them. At yeah. least a dozen. And they were just kicking ass. I got to tell you, man, I legit had one big old tear in both my eyes whenever that came up. I threw up both my arms Whenever they hopped up over that ridge, yeah. guys, it reminded me of when I was a kid with my toys mm-hmm. and I had my, mm-hmm. I had my Boba Fett toy and he had his jetpack. Oh, of course. And I'd have one in each hand, right? Or, or something else. And they would come up together. My arms would raise up like I was praising the sun, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. And it would come down. And whenever, whenever those came up, my arms went up like without me even thinking. This show is so special. Oh yeah, to me, and I think to everyone else mm-hmm. who grew in, up with in it. our in our generation and and who grew up with the original. Yeah, it's oh. it made you go and think. I played exactly like that. 
That's, yes. I did that. I did that. I made this. Mm. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be here without me. No, it's it's amazing. I, I can't recommend this enough to anybody. And yes. I told two guys last night, too. I was like, dude, you got to check this shit out. It's it's amazing. Like, yeah. There's just no other way to say it. It's the best Star Wars out right now. Yeah. And the other thing, man, it's um, I know that Eden was telling me that some of her best friends that are uh, into a lot of books and sci-fi, fantasy yeah. and all that stuff, but not into Star Wars. My wife has read a ton of books and and she knows a good sci-fi story when even if it's not Star Wars. Yeah. And she told them, she's like, you guys got to watch this because this is standalone, incredible sci-fi yeah, there's, storytelling. There's nothing to it. Like, it's just, it doesn't have to be Star Wars. Yeah. You know, they could name it anything else. Yeah. And this is perfect. And if you like Westerns. Yeah. Anybody who likes Westerns, this is it. This is it. This is the the freaking Pell Rider, Two Mules for Sister Sarah, Josie Wells shit right here. This is awesome. We was already told about this by Mr. Fabra back when Lucasfilm told us that this story was going to be for real and he was going to be the one telling it and folks were interviewing him and he was like, I've written them. I used to write all these stories and play like this when I was a kid, the same way. That's how I'm making this. And now we're getting to see these are the kind of stories, how he went and played when he was a kid. He's my age. He's 50, 52, 53. Yeah. He, he played the same exact way, but now we're seeing it. He's showing us. With a budget. <laughs> the, same, the same way that he played, the same way that you did, Pete, and so many more of us. All of yeah, us. Yeah, now we're seeing it as a story being told to us. The same thing, how we, how we did. Yeah, that's what this all is. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. It it's what Lucasfilm does. It's what they do. I just got the butterflies, the chills, the whole nine yards, just thinking about that scene over and over again. <laughs> I, it's magical. It is. And it, it's amazing that uh, you could just see, hear the joy, even when people are, are posting on Twitter and trying really hard not to post anything spoilery, mm. um, which is, is really hard, by the yeah. way. That's the only place I won't go talk about it. I won't go talk about it on, in the Twitterverse because I know other folks have already seen things. And I don't want to be a part of yeah, bringing bringing my friends down. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'll talk about it on shows and everywhere else, but I won't say nothing on Twitter. All right, yeah. There's there's a time and place for it, and and it's mm-hmm. there for the people that that love that aspect of the fandom for sure. And that's and that's wonderful, man. That's that's the great thing about Star Wars. It's all there for all of us, however we wanted. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, there's always there's something for somebody. Either Ian's got any clue what Chapter Four is gonna go and tell us, because I got nothing. What do you think, Josh? He's got to go to a safe place first, I think. I mean, you're on the run. There's got to be somewhere he knows where he can go to just get his shit together. Because right now he's on the run. Yeah. So, I mean, he just left a war zone. So, we're going to see a new planet. The synopsis for Chapter 3 said that he was going to go and turn the bounty over. And that's all it said. It was like a sentence. Yep. I'm trying to look and see where... Synopsis for chapter four is, but I can't find it yet. Yeah, there wasn't one up as of six o'clock in yeah. the morning today. I got it. Oh, 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 oh. All right. This isn't really much in the way of spoilers. The synopsis for chapter four is the Mandalorian teams up 
but an ex-soldier to protect the village from raiders. Guess who we're going to meet? That'll be uh, Cara Dune. Yep. Oh, yeah. So excited. I've been waiting for her. Hell, yeah. Well, that's that for the Mandalorian. Well, that's pretty close. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hit stop on this real quick and go and grab myself a drink, and we'll be right back. Yes, sir. Be right here waiting. Uh, hi. I have a question. My name's Donald Faze. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars Letters. So, how soon can we expect the Sabine Rim uh, Ahsoka Tana show? That episode was pretty killer, and I can't wait to check out the chapter four for sure. Oh, but, yeah. you know, we've got some some Comlink chatter today, so let's go ahead and hit that up. Comlink chatter! 
And uh, today's comlink chatter, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that we put this in here just uh, in case that there was any spoilers for uh, Resistance Reborn, because we're going to be talking about that after after uh, comlink chatter today. But um, here we go. We're going to start off with an email that we got from our buddy, Johnny Orm, of the My Star Wars Life Debt podcast and blog. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Hey, Pete, Josh, Eden, and mystery guest. That's you. (laughs) I do, Johnny. How's it all going? Okay, formality's over. Holy (laughs) f***ing... What the (laughs) was all of that? I couldn't believe what I was watching. I felt every emotion ever in that episode. I honestly hated Mando for taking Baby Yoda to Herzog. And then scared for him when the heavy Favreau Mando was giving him <laughs> then awe in the shiny armor, then more anger for even thinking about leaving. You know, I feel like we all had these emotions. I believe so, yes. <laughs> I couldn't even emote as he blasted through Erzog's troopers. Did you notice that only one of them actually shot the Mando? First time for everything, right? <laughs> oh, it's good we got RFB on for yes. that one. <laughs> Only Imperial Stormtroopers could be this precise. Never missed any of my targets. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And continuing the email, it says, and then the final shootout and the Mandalorians. I did not see that coming. I thought that I was shocked by Baby Yoda in Chapter 1, but I was not prepared for that. None of us were. Yeah, I may have enjoyed it. Have a great show, guys. Can't wait to hear it. Cheers, Johnny. And my friends, if you want to check out Johnny... On uh, the blog and podcast, you can visit the Life Debt blog and podcast at mystarwarslifedebt.tk. Good friend of ours, all around. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Hit him up in that Twitterverse, Bloody Orm. B-L-O-O-D-Y-O-R-M-E. Yep, yep. And, man, we we completely agree with everything that you said, Johnny. Gonks, gonks all around. So moving on to our first voicemail of the night. This is from our buddy Rick Villanueva. Rick! Hey, uh, James Transmission Crew, it's Rick, and um, if I sound a little down, it's because I'm tired. Feel that. Oh, there's been so much stuff in the last two weeks, three weeks, so much content. It's hard to keep up. Comics and TV things now. and Miller time. Yeah. Just keep adding stuff on. I don't know if I can keep up, guys. It's so much. And more's coming, Rick. Resistance Reborn. I loved it. It was so good. All the connections, all of the reintroductions of old characters, everything about it felt so organic. Everything felt so natural. Everything felt like there was this convergence of of necessity. Having Zay and Shriv and and Nora and everybody else that pops up or Marco. What? Mm-hmm. Um, just so much awesomeness in that book that uh, is hopefully bridging a gap 
you know, to what we feel we need for the rise of Skywalker. You know, the fact that uh, that Ray wasn't in it very much, I think, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, yep. Her progression should be told in the movie. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to see a lot of that in a novel, especially for what this book is supposed to be. So I think it's fitting that she didn't have a lot uh, to do in the book. Um, having a character like Yendor pop back up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From a lot of people's favorite canon novel, um, Lost Stars, mm-hmm. in, especially in the way that he did. Um, owing a favor to Leia, you know, lo- you know her, her looking for leaders. And he's this Rylothian, Twi'lek, librarian kind of person, this custodian of knowledge that, mm. that the galaxy seems to need as the First Order is destroying things. It's so good. It, it was, it was yeah. a lot of fun um, going through that book and understanding the dire circumstances that the new fledgling resistance is is now under again so that book in the way mark thompson voiced it was absolutely fantastic now talking about the mandalorian we've had three episodes i just finished watching episode three with isaac here and um oh man (laughs) Feeling your body, I'm feeling it. The run-in, you know, the wrestling term, the run-in, as we've heard yeah. Steel Song yeah. say, the run-in, the rescue at the end of the episode was just absolutely everything. I watched it earlier by myself. Don't tell Isaac. Don't tell Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it again by right now. And I legit almost cried watching uh. all of these Mandos come in. With their jetpacks, yeah, yeah. saving the day. The heavy artillery mando, um, who I think was voiced by John Favreau, was, yeah. oh my God, top notch. It was so exciting. It was so much. It's making me tired. <laughs> awesomeness there has been in this show. Deborah Chow. Oh, yeah. The biggest nail with the biggest hammer and slammed it down so hard to say that this is my voice for this series this is my voice and i cannot wait to see what she's capable of doing with the kenobi content coming out oh yeah in a year and a half or two years or whenever the hell that's coming out listen guys there's been so much in this episode these first three episodes of the mandalorian i thought it was just going to be him bounty of the week saying right yeah it's become this thing that just took a deep dive into force lore and mandalorian lore from jump street and it's been everything that i've wanted in a star wars story not even so much in a tv show but just a star wars story you know it's 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 all a story it's all this one character going through his little trials um Finding his way, making a mark, reestablishing mm-hmm. what Mandalore could be yeah. through its people, doing right by them, doing oh, right by foundlings, yeah. by by new, newly indoctrinated Mandalorian children, for that lack of a way. better term. We don't really know what's going on there yet, but if this is what we're getting in the first three episodes of this show, the next five 
are going to hopefully be equally packed with just so much gold material. It's become top-notch stuff for the year, and it's making it kind of hard to focus on the rise of Skywalker. Agreed. Um, in, uh, <laughs> so in, true. Uh, which, yeah. That's my tops for the year. Not, nothing's going to take that away from me. There's still a lot of thoughts that I have for the rise of Skywalker. Maybe I'll send you guys another voicemail concerning some of my thoughts for that. But Do it. To everything that's come <laughs> up in the last two or three weeks <laughs> with the end of the Star Wars main run, which eh, is what it is, um, and the two books that we've had, um, well, three really with Secrets of the Jedi, um, Resistance Reborn, and Force Collector. There's just a lot of stuff to unpack. You know, oh, yeah. The month before a movie comes out, plus Resistance as a TV show. There's a lot of stuff just going on. And, uh, man, I don't, I do not envy you guys as podcasters to have to try to dissect all of this stuff be coherent for those of us that try to listen. <laughs> So I'm going to leave you guys with that. I think I need to go lay down too many swirling thoughts. It's like a little mobile of <laughs> force moved thoughts just floating <laughs> around above my head. There's just too much awesome stuff. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Love you all. Good luck the next <laughs> seven weeks. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are going to do it. So cheers to y'all. May that force be with you. May the force be with you, buddy. Cheers to that. Indeed. I think I'm about to get a hold of Michael Condon and get him and his 2-1-B medical droid to go over there and see the Rick. Michael's, yeah. <laughs> Michael's a medical. He's a med student. So, Rick, Mike is on his way over to, to patch you up, buddy. <laughs> and as for how we're going to get through all this next coming up, I'll tell you how. Hashtag all together in our fandom. That's how we're going to do it. All oh. together. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack, but man, at the end of the day, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Josh. I love podcasting. <laughs> yes. It's it's just a it's a fucking blast. It's taught me a lot of different things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how to be patient. <laughs> how to open my mind a little bit more. Uh, growth new software um social media skills and like talking to people and waiting except for when i talk to pete because i just finished the sentences for him because i know he hates it so that's something we have on our own (laughs) we do that i do that for purpose i guess i'm learning patience too the buddy (laughs) exactly (laughs) no it's all good like it's all about the friends it's awesome it's 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 just good stuff all together oh cheers and uh, love you too rick yeah much love all the time always Oh, we have a little surprise here, actually. Oh, really? What might that be? Yeah, Eden just walked down. Miss Eden! A look of exasperation upon her face. Oh, but it's okay. She's got a white claw, so she's good to go. It's it's just exhaustion, <laughs> not exasperation. How you doing? <sighs> I'm good. Happy Star Wars Day. Yeah. We just heard from Rick talking about... Um, his uh, love that's, of wait, Resistance Reborn. Wait, that's great, but what is this mall on the table, and is it mine? No, Th- I'm sorry. Unfortunately, no. But what? Tom Wee's here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, describe Should, your face. 
It's just speechless, and how, there's the exasperated. How many times did you like, roll your eyes in, in five seconds? That was amazing. You know that it looked kid, like a glitch. The kid with the blinking face gif, that was me. That was me. Well played, Peter. How do you, Miss Eden? Hi, I'm good. This is a really cool ton. We I don't know what this little uh, like capsule thing is. I don't remember seeing that in the movie. We waited like two and a half hours for this. Patiently. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you've so, been yeah. saving up that joke? Yeah. We've got uh we've got RFB on the radio yeah. today. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Glad to be here. If we waited so. two hours for that joke, we've been waiting a whole year for this. <laughs> it's a whole nother year. It's a whole nother year. <laughs> <laughs> so Eden, you actually got here just in time to listen to um our next voicemail. Okay. And then after that. We haven't even touched Resistance Reborn yet. yet. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. So let's hit up our next voicemail. And this is from our buddy, the metal Mando, Jeff Keltz. Yes, it's Jeff. Heavy metal. Oh, yeah. It's the Mudhorn song. Yeah, it is. It's so good. Ludwig Goranson is my hero right now. It's really, it's really metal. This Mudhorn song. It's so eerie. Out of the cave. Pete and Josh, my dudes, and the wonderful Eden, of course. So I just recently watched the third episode of The Mandalorian, and uh, just want to chime in with some quick comments. Uh, I mean, we, th- I think you guys have, you know, you've seen all the scenes, all the characters, uh, you know, you, you know what's going on with all that. So I just wanted to maybe share just a couple personal feelings about what's been, uh, you know, happening as far as these first three episodes and. I can't express enough. Um, it's like, how can I say this? It's like everything that I've always wanted to see yes. in Star Wars. Like I, I'm not sure. Like it's almost like a dream, like a dream come true. Like I really don't. Like I'm comprehending what I'm seeing, you know, on screen, but it, it doesn't register. I mean, does that make any sense? Like, I just... Oh, yeah. It just doesn't make sense that I'm actually seeing this on screen in my home, on my TV. (laughs) And because I feel like... I feel like um, what John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and company have done is they've... You know, they had this... You know, they were given the, the reins to just do what they wanted to do. And as Star Wars fans, I don't really think they're doing anybody fan service, although a lot of people might think that's what they're going after. If it's anything, I think these were themselves. some guys yeah. that just kind of said, hey, we have all the money in the world <laughs> the greatest fan film ever made. Yeah. Yeah. And, basically. You know, that might be eight episodes and four hours, five hours, whatever worth of fan film, but... I don't think they're trying to please anybody. No. I think they're trying to please themselves. I think this is exactly what they always wanted to see. 
you know, in their childhood thinking of, uh, you know, fictional Star Wars. And that just, that just, um, you know, it has to be, right? I mean, that, that's just kind of what it feels like to me. Because nothing feels forced. It just feels like so natural. And uh, and I know I'm just kind of like going on and on about this. But, you know, like I'm over the world, over the moon, whatever, you know, about this series, guys. I can't say enough. I mean, you. I mean, you know the characters. Like I said, you love them all. You know the plot points are just so interesting. And uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, and one thing I really wanted to point out was uh, I got playing in the background. I mean, this Ludwig Göransson soundtrack music. The score. I mean, what the f- guys? Sorry for that gong, man. I mean. <laughs> Like, I, I might have mentioned in, a, I think, a previous uh, voicemail that I kind of got a Nine Inch Nails, maybe Ministry type of vibe. Oh, yeah. I think I really did kind of, like, like that is what I really think I'm hearing, but it's like, like not of this world. It's like something different, man. Like, he created these sounds out of, uh, like, I don't know how he did it. I mean, it's just, it's just a masterpiece, man. He's a mastermind. I don't know. He, I mean, he's got to win some type of award, I think, with this type of uh, style of music he's putting out there. And I, I if you really, like, people might say that it doesn't um, have Star Wars themes, but if you really, it really does. listen closely, yeah. you can they're there man like if you really dig deep they're there just a note here or there or two or three or whatever man but they're there they're all around us man <laughs> i mean i can hear him everywhere it's like that's the force. what really amazes me how this <laughs> how he could do that just uh, take this uh otherworldly music and uh sounds or whatever and tones beats and uh, we'll weave them into the star wars themes very delicately and just make it uh, his own, you know. And uh, geez, I mean, hey man, I, like I said, Jeff Kelts, aka the Mandal Meadow on Twitter, and I'm in Mandalorian heaven, guys. <laughs> I'll talk to you next time with more some more detailed comments. I hope. <laughs> right now, man, yeah, I'm just I'm just a happy mother effer, man. <laughs> Later, dude. Bye. Thanks a lot, Jeff. May the force be with you, buddy. Man, I feel the same way. It's kind of like what we were talking about before with that all the Mandos coming up over and then just, yeah, it's it's fan service, but it's not blatant, obvious fan service. It's not bad fan service. You know, like it's how that new good. new uh, new Dragon Ball Z movie looks like it's all fan service. Yeah. This is fan service, but it's good fan service. Yeah, because John Favreau and Dave Filoni are f-ing geniuses. So... We haven't heard how you felt about uh, the third episode of The Mandalorian. Any any thoughts to add? How many thoughts you got? You got one or you got 50? Um, I have a couple of thoughts. My biggest thought is I'm no longer sad about not getting the Sabine Wren and Ahsoka Tano show because we now have the Mando and Baby Yoda show. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all I could have ever did not know I wanted and then, and then more. Um, so I'm very happy about it. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, believe it or not, Jeff loved The Mandalorian Chapter 3 so much that he sent us another voicemail. (laughs) The second one better be just all about Baby Yoda, because I didn't hear anything about Baby Yoda in that first episode, first voicemail, Jeff. What? If there's nothing about Baby Yoda, are you going to start drafting a petition? Yeah, we all need to join, like... (laughs) the political refuge of baby Yoda, like protection society. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Oh, Jeff, I'm fearing for you, buddy. Let's hear what you got to <laughs> say. 
Oh, I love this. Yep. This so much. The single notes. Clean, slightly overdriven guitar. It's bizarre. Hey guys, Jeff Kelts here again, aka the Metal Man on Twitter. Blah blah blah. Just keep myself <laughs> from in one more time. Uh, there's a couple things I did want to mention, uh, but oh, first off, uh, how about the Mandalore Way track cranking yeah. in the background, man? I mean, how metal is that track? Yes, sir. Episode. Oh my goodness. But uh, a couple things, really quick. Um, in the first episode. There's been some chatter about this. Uh, it hasn't, you know, here and there. It hasn't been really made a big deal of. Not many people are talking about it. Some people are, but when the Mandalorian, you know, maybe halfway, whatever, two-thirds of the way in the first episode, you know, goes into his Mandalore lair, you know, to the right there, we see somebody that looks pretty much just like Boba Fett. I'm glad he said I mean, this. Could it be? Is it? Uh, no, maybe somebody dead. trying to look like Boba Fett? <laughs> I don't know. Could play out somewhere in the end, but uh, not sure if you guys mentioned that in your previous oh, podcast. I can't remember, but uh, you know, maybe some thoughts on that one. And uh, what I really wanted to touch on was uh, like, like I know how there's like certain things in these first three episodes where you know gives gives us the fuzzies, right? I mean, you know, Yoda baby. I mean, right you know, there obviously, it is, and some other things. But the one thing that really you know took my breath away, guys. This last episode um, that I just recently watched, the third one. I mean, the scene I'm talking about, it kind of reminded me of Attack of the Clones, where, you know, the Geonosis Arena battle where the gunships come in and. Uh, oh, yeah. It just kind of saved the day. But, man, you know, when the Mandalorian is looking down and out, man, and the, the other Mandalorian clan comes in and, you know, kind of saves the day. But, you know, I just. Like, I've always seen this in animation and whatever and comics, man. But just to see it come to real life. <laughs> Peter I mean, said the guys, exact same thing. It just yeah. blew me away, man. Like, I'm not a crier. I'm, you know, I'm I'm not, man. And uh, I got to tell you, man, when when that scene happened, I did the, that kind of like that. <laughs> like My dude. Right, you know, got a little, just a little <laughs> misty eye, a little moist, you know, in the, in the eyelids, man. It was, that, that was a great moment, man, as far as, you know. You know, Scott, you know, I love Boba Fett. I love Mandalorians. I mean, that's pretty obvious, you know, from what people know about me. Are you and sure? Just to see that play out, you know, and just live action, real life. Just, just, yeah. just awesomeness, man, right? What else can you say, <laughs> right? So, anyways, guys, just want to chime in with a couple more thoughts. And, uh, oh, hey, really quick, I did see something by, I think it was the Boba Fett fan club on social media that Favreau voiced one of those, I think it was mm-hmm. the really big buff one. Yeah, and his last name was Vizla. That was him. Yeah. I'm just, this is what I'm just hearing. Maybe we can look into that further. I'm not sure if that's really true, but uh, yes. something to think about, guys. So anyways, hey, until next time, rock on, guys. Later. Hell yeah. Mr. Paz Vizla. Paz Vizla. Yep. Voiced by John Favreau. So he sounds just like Rio. From yeah. Solo. <laughs> so we'll go back to the uh, the beginning of that voicemail, and we'll let RFB take this one. 
is that Boba Fett that we see in in that uh, enclave? Was he laying as a corpse on the ground? <laughs> that, that, I don't recall seeing any bodies on the porch. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's hilarious. Um, I will say that um, I don't know if I believe. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I don't know how you escape a Sarlacc. Maybe the Beskar armor can help you. But I don't know. I don't know if he's alive or if he's dead, but he's probably dead. But I will say that whenever he walks in there, that first Mando that you see, he does just the head turn. Yeah, just he like looks, he's got a similar look. I agree with that. Yeah, he's got the same little thing up on his helmet. And I don't know what that it's a rangefinder. The rangefinder. Yeah, but there's like five of them in there that's yeah. got that shit too. So. Yes, but he. Th- my point is, though, is that it's stylized to look like what Boba Fett did in, in his. Uh, performance in empire strikes back when he just walks in there and he breaks the fourth wall by looking just to the side yeah that's what that mando does so it's made to make us think that now is it boba probably not but that'd be cool i'm with you jeff i i'm i'm rooting for that rfb is rooting for corpses on the ground (laughs) (laughs) yeah jeff it's okay to to love that hero that's that's not nothing wrong so you guys enjoying uh this soundtrack as much as jeff is very yes, much. I listen. I listen to it every day. No joke. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's great on the way into work. Gets you pumped. Yeah, yeah. I just love how it, it it tackles so many different styles of music. Like the one that he was playing, the Mandalorian way. Um, it's it's kind of a little avant garde, but it's also like kind of doom metal ish. Yes, very slow stoner metal, if you will. I don't know what you call it. It's it's not really my jam, but it, it the style is is really prevalent. And that is so cool, man. Like, and I still stand by the fact that the music is meant to kind of sound like uh, instruments from out of this world. It's it's oh, alien yeah, instruments, sure. and that's what I love most about it. I think that it's genius. I think that the soundtrack, along with the show, is going to be award winning in so many different ways. Yeah, it doesn't have to go and do like what other soundtracks or scores that we're familiar with. It don't got to go and do that. I mean, it's a galaxy. What all? How big is a galaxy? What all is going on there? And we're seeing this one tight little corner part of it that, in its own unique way. Like I was saying earlier about how stories are, every next story is doing something new or different in so many different ways. And that's what this, this sound, the score to, to this story is. It's something new and different. To me, it feels like it fits exactly in with everything that we're seeing and how the story will be told. It fits it to a, to a T in my opinion. I agree. I agree 100%. So very Star Wars. Yeah. It's weird. And Star Wars is always weird. It's always been weird. It's always going to be weird. Even the score. Same. It surely fits. And don't that make you go and wonder what are we going to be hearing when comes time for Cassian Andor story? What, Yes, what's exactly. A, what's a sound like that going to be? What's it going to sound like for when it comes time to be told Obi Wan story? Oh, so excited! Yeah. Oh man, the future is bright. What a time to be alive! It really is. There's, I mean, we're ending the Skywalker saga, and all of these movies and these animated series, they all kind of feel like Star Wars, and they all kind of feel the same. And we like that. Like that's fantastic. I 
want all of that kind of Star Wars all the time. But now they've made something completely different that is still clearly Star Wars, but it has a completely different tone and feel. And it's 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 great that possibilities are endless. I always thought that we would get Star Wars that would feel like the trilogy movies that I know, but that's not what this is at all. No, no, it fits right alongside it. It's like we, we, we see no stories looking straight ahead. Right. But if you look off just a little few degrees to your left, you're right. What are you going to see there? Boom. This. Yeah, fair enough. Well, speaking of the end of the Skywalker saga, we've got some more supplemental material that we've been dying to talk about. And that is Resistance Reborn. Yep, it's going to get us there. Yeah. And you've got you've got things like the Allegiance um four-part series uh that kind of you know give us the steps a little bit after crate and that and this continues the story then you've also got um things like black spire that tell a different story but it's still after the battle of crate i've been dying to talk about this guys are you, are you ready to talk about a little bit of resistance reborn very much oh yeah cool so here's your final spoiler warning if you've not read resistance reborn by rebecca bone roan you're missing out and check out the audio version by Mr. Mark Thompson. It is freaking phenomenal. Can I just go ahead and say that when he does uh Poe Dameron, it's Oscar Isaac on that. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. sounds like him. Oh, I haven't heard it. Yeah, I own it and by rule as marriage, you own it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. you get to check it out. Yeah, that's I how will. this works. It's 11 and a half hours long to put down and I know that's a little bit, but yeah, this evening, if you can find the time, give, give, that, give that a listen. I'll listen. I'll listen to some of it. So with our guest of honor here, how about we uh, let you uh, take us out to sea on this one, RFB? What, what did you think about this book? I think what she went and told us in this story is really got us set up to start step foot into the Rise of Skywalker. And she did it in... A way that, again, it's like Mandalorian done. She done it in a way that none of us would have ever expected. With right. all the different things and characters that that was included in this story to get us up the rise of Skywalker. Just like, um, yeah, what Rick was saying. Who the hell was expecting Ori Marco to show up? Right. Wow. If you know who that is, I know him from... You'd know him better as Prune Face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see him, we see him in Return of the Jedi on uh, Home One when everybody's meeting with what ends up being Mon Mothma. We see him in that meeting room. He's standing in the background. It very much has a prune-looking face and a black eye patch over one eye. And he's wearing a cape. Got a, got a holster similar to what Lando's wearing. Yeah, I, Sure as hell weren't expecting him to show up in this story, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. And Yendor, when Leia got to, to I know it's kind of jumping a little bit past the start. No, when when she got the Ryloth and was going to 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 meet, she drug that part of the story out. And I'm thinking as they're giving a little bit more hints of who it is she's talking to. And the conversation went on for a little bit. And that really, all the little clues that she went and dropped, 
and I'm I'm listening. And I'm like, please be Yendor, please be Yendor. And yeah. when they said at the end of that part of the chapter what it was, yeah, I was at work and I had to contain myself. <laughs> That's so awesome. I they just brought somebody else from thirty year ago story in their timeline into here and now. Yeah, yeah, that just busted. And then General Riken. Yeah. Holy force. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. That's the other thing about it. Um, whenever I was reading this, the first thing that I thought of was "Holy shit!" <laughs> this is not just a leading us up into the Rise of Skywalker. If the Rise of Skywalker is supposed to be the end-all, be-all sequel right. to nine or to eight previous films, mm-hmm. this book, Resistance Reborn is the sequel to all of the supplemental material that we've had Up before. To that point, yeah. Yes, that's and exactly it. It's rewarding, I think, to both fans of the supplemental material, but also the people, uh, to anybody. Like, the way that these characters are fleshed out, you don't have to, you didn't have to read Aftermath, you didn't have to read Bloodlines. Or to, play the game. Yeah, yeah, to know these characters. Right. And because because she's just that damn good. Now, maybe there's one, <laughs> One character that I was absolutely shocked to come in there. And since we're all, we already gave our spoiler warning, Ransom Casterfo. Oh, tell me about it. Blew my mind. Whenever I saw RC or she's, and RC. I say I saw it because that's just how good this book was. I saw it in right. my head. When she said RC, I was like, oh, no, Ransom. Yeah, knew it. <laughs> and like, who knew that we would want him to come back? Because like, I didn't really like him that much before in, yeah. in anything that he was in. But now I'm like, oh my God, now I do. Yeah. <laughs> how did she do this to me? Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. It was in, when they got a hold of that. When they got a hold of that list and it had like partial information here and there. And yeah, I, same words, Peter, same words. I would have said that I was thinking the same damn thing was she saw that and it, it weren't complete. And it started, it had, yeah, initials of his name. And I'm, I'm thinking they're doing this. Yeah. And yeah, they did. I think what Miss Rebecca did is did in putting this all together. She started by tying all these different things together, JJ's going to do it to finish the story, the same thing, yeah. but with other new different things. So you pair this at the start and Rise of Skywalker at the end, and it is one massive thing that has got so many different things tied to other things we're familiar with. It's going to be, we're going to get knocked over sideways when we go step foot in that theater and watch that story. They uh, they released the cover for the novelization. Did you guys see that? I haven't yet. That, We've been were, down here talking yeah. it up. Well, it was yesterday. Fun fact. It's the We've same. We've been talking since yesterday. It's already a poster. <laughs> it's it's a poster we've already seen. It's not new. I was a little disappointed that oh. the oh. Rise of Skywalker novelization isn't a new thing. And hmm. Yeah. I'm really excited about the fact that that's coming out so late in, in next year or so in spring. So yeah. much later after the movie comes out. It makes me think, what are we going to learn in resistance? That's going to tie into that. Right. The, the There's gotta be something else. Ooh, I didn't go and consider that. Yeah. I, I love the book. Um, I can't wait to listen to it again. I, I've read the whole thing ebook. Um, I feel like I'm missing a lot. Like there was a lot that I didn't, I didn't latch onto the details because I wanted to read it so fast and see what happened in the end. And then it just ended unexpectedly. Um, so I can't wait to listen to it again. Um, 
No, we should could talk to you guys about it a little longer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna head on out of here actually. Okay. Well, you just came in right after work, and I'm, I'm sure you want to go wind down for a little bit. I got no words left. I used them all. Customer yeah, service. Man. I understand. They're done. <laughs> well, we'll catch up with you again, and and as always, Eden, thank you, and may the force be with you always. And with you guys, nice talking to you, RFB. May the force be with you, Miss Eden. <laughs> so. Can we talk about the intro to that book a little bit? Because that really just threw me off as soon as I started up. It starts off on Corellia. Yeah. And you've got the Corellian-born girl who has stolen an older TIE fighter and is being pursued by First Order TIE fighters. Right. What's going on there, guys? They didn't even go and, and say who exactly that was. Right. All we know is that her orders after the... uh the Hosnian cataclysm was to make sure that the fort, the first order was uh, never able to make another planet killer. Yeah. So spy situation, somebody very um, special and very uh, competent in their abilities. Yeah. Alone. Now, how many Corellian born people do we know that are female? Not a lot. We know, I know of one in particular. Who you got? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't that be neat if if it's uh, a character from Solo that yeah. we all know and love? Kira. It would be very interesting yeah. to see what all happens. Like, hmm. that she survived her uh, close proximity to Maul. <laughs> and, uh, what a life. Oh, God. She's really freaking stepped in it. I'm going to go and say no. I'm going to go and say that's going to be somebody else. Somebody new. We got yet to meet. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. That'd be connecting so many dots if it was Kira. Yeah. To me, I'm thinking doing something like that makes stories smaller. Yeah. And stories not need to be bigger. And yeah. making it bigger is somebody new and different. So once again, as Star Wars always does for us, she was unable to get through to her contact. Yep. Via the secure channel, uh, channel to the Radis. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she was able to basically drop the payload in a way, you know, and it's there. And we find out this whole story is about that. Yeah. And it's about in a roundabout this, way. this list. Yeah. Um, a list of people that are either from the old, the rebellion, they call it the old rebellion within this timeline. Uh, people that are related to the resistance in any way, the known resistance, and also ex imperials, yep. and even people Defenders. that are neutral. Yeah, that's a big ass list. That's almost Ooh. everybody, but anybody in the first order. Wipe them out. Yeah, that first order has been showing itself to be incredibly evil, megalomaniac. Like, yeah, kind of, yeah, just incredibly genocidal. Yeah. I actually reread Allegiance uh, fairly recently, mm-hmm. and I noticed that the very first issue of that was talking about Finn, a person on the target list. Yeah. So that list has precedent. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah. Just little things like that just and makes he's gonna me wear that little uh, emblem. <laughs> yeah. So what what else stood out to you guys about this book? Let's just hop around with it because it, a lot of material in this to, yeah. to unload and, and we'll we'll connect it as best we can. It's a lot about Poe's growth, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. He was very um, disheartened by his complete and utter failure in The Last Jedi. His, uh, he's, he's weighing that quite a bit yeah. on himself and all the decisions that he's going to make. And it... Uh, 
that really kind of got me was like, I like Poe. I like him a lot and he's a really neat character, especially being non, as far as we know, non force sensitive, but he is a hell of a pilot. <laughs> I've got his comics, uh, the 29 or 31 issues, however many it was. Um, I like him, but this made me more interested in to see where he goes, especially knowing that he was a character on the table to be axed in like the first 10 minutes of the force awakens. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. he's a lead role. Like he is one of the heroes. That's, that's amazing. Like he's got so much potential. He was going to have the, uh, the same role as this tie fighter Corellian pilot. Yeah, his introduction and gone. What'd you think RFB? What stood out most of all to you? I was really feeling for him when he was weighing and remembering all the things that happened that was on his shoulders. And then when he got called out for it and fessed up and explained and Leia doesn't want to put an end to that when she said, well, yeah, he did what he did and he's felt for it. Well, I'm the daughter of Darth Vader. Anybody got anything to say to me about it? Yeah, that was (laughs) great. That was, that was the end of that right there. That brought everybody back together and let, 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 Bad bygones, be put back, let go. We we got things to do, and we need to be doing it together. So let's get it together, and they did. Yeah, like, and it just showed how no matter what side you're on, mm-hmm. you can switch sides. And also, the rebellions are sometimes the bad guys. Yeah, and everybody had a lot of stories to tell at that point. And they said, you know what, Poe may have led a mutiny, but he saved my freaking life. Yeah. Are you going to say lot. he's bad for that? Because I'm precious. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm precious. <laughs> precious. <laughs> and who didn't go give a whoop and holler when Shrimp Shergap showed back up? Oh, Dude, yeah. I was so pumped mm-hmm. that they're including him and Zay in this. Like, Shrimp is one of my favorite characters in that game, period. Yeah. I love that snarky, sarcastic, and he, he matched up. Yes. And he matched up so great with Lando. That yeah. they were just, they were such a good pair. I'm glad to yeah. see them. Wedge, Nora. Do you remember, um, I want to say it was if several weeks back that I said, uh, looking into the rise of Skywalker, when are they going to bring in that project, Project um, Cinder? Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was so big, uh, but nobody ever brought it up again. Like right. that, that Versio had to deal with. Yeah. Here it is. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not there, but people connected to it are. Yeah. yeah it's acknowledged. So, to me, that's that's satisfying. And Zay spoke them. up. My mom was a rebel. You know, she done a lot of things. Or my mom was an imperial. imperial. She done a lot of bad things. Yeah. But she also helped win the Battle of Jakku and all this shit. You know, she done so much. Yeah. Seeing them two come in, into that story made me, after I finished it, said, I don't have uh, the Battlefront PlayStation three or four for the game. So I went and had to, I wanted to know what that story was. So I went and, and looked up the cutscenes. that made me just because of Shriv being in that story that I had to go back and give that another, another watch. Cause it, it's, you watch the cutscenes, It's a whole nother. It's like another film. It's a story. Yeah. There's quite a bit of them. Yeah. They're, they're, they vary in, in length too. There's, you can find them really short, just over an hour. To one's close to two hours. It's about film length, and then if you go for the full blown one, it's almost three hours long. But they're all such a damn good story. Probably has some gameplay elements to it to probably kind of a flesh few, it out. Yeah, because yeah. he's with you in a couple missions. Yeah. So let's move on to 
like you you were already talking about how Poe was basically being groomed by Leia, but also had all the the issues of the of his past and the yeah. mutiny, mutinous actions, and all the people that died, all that blood on him. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's hating himself. Oh, big time. Um, but then that all really comes out when he meets with Maz Kanata. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. She's got a new little little place over here, and she's covering herself in feline poop and <laughs> and having psychedelic experiences. <laughs> what the hell's going on with her? Like, she's a freaking trip, dude. Would you have Would you have a psychedelic experience with Maz Kanata, if, if given the opportunity? If I'm I co- would. I, if I have to cover myself in cat shit, though, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I found the name of the planet that they, they found that he found her on as ephemera i found yeah. that very interesting yeah maybe that fits uh how you were saying about it being kind of psychedelical yeah i really like what she did with him did, did any of you guys get the the feeling of empire strikes back whenever luke meets yoda for the first time acting like a complete nutcase and yes yeah. she was doing gauge. that we hadn't met her previous so yeah. No, I didn't think that, but now that you brought it up, uh, I thought that's where she was going. Absolutely, to. can see that. Yeah, it's like she realized, and now she's a thousand-year-old pirate queen, right? Mm-hmm. She likes him, obviously. Who knows just, the force? Yeah, yeah, just wants to wants to help out the resistance. She knows the dark side, hates it, um, but isn't going to sit there and and join the resistance. She's not going to lead the resistance because Poe Poe walked in there like a dog with his tail between his legs. Oh yeah. And she's like, no, I know what's going on here. Leo wants you to be better. I'm going to help you be better. But this is how I'm going to t- I'm going to do you. I'm going to do you like Yoda. And um, I'll mess with you. Yeah. yeah. And she straight up kicks his f-ing ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn near breaks his tailbone. Yeah. And uh, but but once she comes back, Poe is pissed. But honestly, Poe is the kind of guy that to be sprung into action, I think he's got to get a little pissed. Oh, yeah. And and, you know, he's been so sure of himself for so long. A flyboy, basically. Yeah. And let me tell you, man, this knocked him down so many pegs that when she came around, he was still pissed off. And she said, be the light, Poe. You know, she lets him know about this list that this whole book is about. In that way, she does help. Yeah, but she's not going to lead it. She's going to no. turn. She's going to no. groom him into that leader. And that's, yeah, she's definitely a support role in all this. Yeah, we're definitely I, I would be surprised if we don't see her in the film with you. On yeah. that one, especially after this book. Yeah. So can we talk about bad guy? Yeah. Let's talk about Winsher. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a d- and an idiot. He's horrible. Oh, he's so stupid though. You know, it's just blind rage and in- entitlement. Super, super. When we was first introduced to him, I had started out it, it, the story done exactly what it was intended to do. Because I found that him at the very beginning when we when we meet him, I kind of took an interest to him. Same. Maybe for me being former Imperial. That, but as it, it went on and we got to see all these different twists and turns in who he was as a person. Yeah, the less I like them. You know, narrow. Yeah, he is. I got to give a big shout out to Rebecca Roanhorse for this one, too, because in in like the second listen, as much as I was able to get through it again before we recorded this episode, 
all of the seeds are there mm-hmm. about what he becomes. Oh yeah. But yeah. I didn't notice it the first time. I was I was listening and I was thinking he has the potential to be a very interesting character here. Yeah, he no, he's he's interesting, but he's horrible, smarmy little bastard. Fuck yeah. him. Fuck yeah. him for what he did. Right. Honestly. Um, but the seeds are there. It's a uh, great storytelling. I gotta say, like uh this book, and I, I think I said this in the last episode, guys. Star Wars, especially the books, is really taking us down some dark roads. Yeah. The last episode, yeah. For and sure. this book was really doing right the same, too. With like, the beating. Yeah, man. Especially when it went into like his whole, um, he blacked out and he was unwilling to see what he had done himself, yeah. uh, un- being taking the coward's route. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, what has happened to this wonderful 15-year-old eidetic girl? You yeah. know what I mean? Eidetic memory girl. Yeah. And even for Wedge to say, I've seen beatings. Yeah. He'd seen beatings, but he'd never seen anything to this degree. Yeah. That makes you want to say, like, I hope this guy gets his nuts ripped off, dude. He's a piece of garbage. Now, does anybody have anything more to say about him, or or can we just talk about his death? This is trash. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah, let's just go back to the death. He got what was coming to him, that's for certain. Hell yeah. Yeah. And they really drug it out. Yes. And I appreciated that. Yes. And he even died like a coward. Oh, he deserved it. Mm-hmm. That's, um, wow, these Star Wars books get really intense. Yes, they You do. know, it's, it's they amazing. They make you feel a lot of stuff. Yeah, they make me feel a lot for sure. It's, it's wild, wild stuff. Now, Josh, you were talking about Wedge and mm-hmm. we get, we get the old rebel back. Yeah. And I know that when we listened in slash read, um, the excerpt where he finds out mm-hmm. who all passed away everybody in the in the Battle of Crate and during the Battle of Crate. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit more about him? Because I think that's kind of what hooked you and, and you were like, this is this is a book I'm gonna like. Yeah. Let's talk about Wedge a bit. He's just kind of trying to live out his life in peace and quiet, even though he doesn't want to. And you can see that he's like Miller time. You can see that he's really um struggling with being at peace and being kind of just off the radar. Like you drop the eggs and he's just like, you know, getting, getting eggs is like the most dangerous thing I've got to live with today. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He turned to a light form and I love it. Love it. Yes. Yes. But he was still uncomfortable and it's very much evident in the words and how she kind of, painted this picture of where he was at. And then he was very apprehensive about Tim and being there and trying to recruit him. And then he's like, everybody dies. And then Luke, he finds out Luke died. He served with Luke on Hoth. You know, they, they brought down the, the Walker together. That was his buddy. You know, they were just kids. That call to action was very, um, intriguing to me. Yeah. And how she was able to convey that in words and have that, kind of fleshed out with that character and just the way she was able to elaborate this picture is what really got me hooked on this book. And I knew that I would really enjoy it because I've read a lot of star Wars books, but being able to see them in my mind and see those things play out and still have those emotions and attachments and stuff to these characters has been a a chore almost in some word in more works than others. This one, super easy. 
Like it, nice. it was just there. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. Whenever, whenever Snap told him all about, yeah, I had that picture of Wedge in my head, and he's finding out. He's like, not Luke, not Luke. And I, I'm feeling for you, Wedge, but no, that's what happened. Yeah, that she put some, she put some serious weight in there. Yeah. And it was really good that the fact that they're on Akiva mm. and you've got Nora Wexley. When I saw, like, I was excited for Wedge, but I was probably a little more excited for Nora. Yeah. Because she's, she's bad shit crazy. She's and awesome. I just love the Wexleys with all my heart. Yeah. I thought that uh, their storyline in the Aftermath trilogy was nuts. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, seeing them come back here in full circle, I like Snap, but I wanted to know more about him from what we saw of him in force awakens. Yes. I wanted to know more about that. And we, we learned, yeah, we learned <laughs> more about, uh, the phantom squadron or the, uh, black, black squadron. And that, that was, uh, all around just really interesting. And who didn't love when each to their own for wedge and for Nora to themselves, who didn't love when they were making up their minds, deciding Nora already knew she was doing this. They were, oh, yeah. they were, they, she, there was, no if ands or but she was doing it. Wedge was still kind of weighing it out. When he finally sorted it out, he went and grabbed that flight bag and had it packed up. Yes. And Nora already had hers packed up. Yeah. Neither of the two neither of the two told each other. And when they each pulled out them flight bags ready to go and saw that the other one had theirs too. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it just that's when it was already it's starting to kick in. It was, all right, yeah, we're we're doing this. It's awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, what was that? Uh, the species was it an Abednetto neighbor? Abinetto. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> I, I never wanted somebody to punch someone so much. Oh, I know. <laughs> we all have those neighbors, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got some upstairs <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. So there were a lot of really interesting um, looks. Like whenever Leia was was the point of view in the book, yeah. you uh, you get to look at how she feels about all the characters around her. And Josh, it's no it's no secret that you're not the biggest Rose Tico fan. Oh, really? You don't hate her, but I don't it's just hate not, her. It's I just want not, more. Yeah, you just want to understand more. Yeah. Now, Leia offered a very interesting perspective, and I wanted to ask you how you felt about this, Leia thought to herself that Rose reminded her a little bit of Luke Skywalker. He w- or she was intelligent, very capable, and a little bit impulsive, and wears her heart on her sleeve. It sounds an awful lot like Luke. What do you what do you think about Leia's uh, point of view on that? <laughs> Luke never done any some dumbass <laughs> like ruining a hero uh, moment. Oh <laughs> this was she, your this was your one shining moment, buddy. She has <laughs> great potential yeah she does she has great potential to do something very amazing if they just write it in the damn story it'd be awesome as far as in the movie yes because she's got some really cool parts in the comic like, was great yeah it was comics uh, and also this book has been good her, her moments in cobalt squadron yep. made her really cool but uh, alongside ray and allegiance that was really cool yes. too but in the movies she just sucks man Sucks. Oh, we'll see. There's a story coming up yet. She's got a part to play in, and I think she's. Uh, I think she's going to go and give you what you're looking for. I'm hoping so. I do yeah. too, because I mean it'd be just such wasted potential. Yeah. I like her a lot, but I still would love love to see I, I what, wanna, her go big. Yeah, I want to see some leadership potential out of her. Is what I want. 
because she's very much dependent on Poe or her sister, you know, it's just, there's always somebody there to kind of help drag her along and kind of push her and Finn's been good for her, but it's just, she needs to step up. She's got her friends. She's got her friends there to to, to pick her up, but yeah, she's going to do, she's going to stand up on her own. She needs to. Lucasfilm already told us <laughs> to come point of this story. She's a commander. Yeah. So she's already in charge of, the engineering part of the resistance. So she's already stepping up. Now we'll see what, what, how she gets in the mix of it all. Yeah. Super excited for that. I am too. So were you guys excited? I know, I know RFB already talked about the excitement for Yendor, but how about learning about the RDA, the Ryloth defense authority? That was pretty cool. Like, cause we've always had Ryloth, but we haven't heard much about Ryloth since yeah. the uh, free Ryloth movement. Yeah. And it just kind of disappeared. Just like Camino, like we talked about earlier, all these big systems and all these big stories just kind of got bookmarked, man. Yeah. Well, there was a little bit of that in um, Lords of the Sith. That was a, that was a fun book. I read that one twice. Yeah. Not what I expected. Yeah, it's it's a very deceptive title, don't yes, you think? And cover and everything else, <laughs> and even preface. It's it's all. So we meet Yendor, who is a very fascinating character for moving forward. The kind of person that Leia would go to to call a favor upon. He's more or less a keeper of the of the books. Yeah, a librarian. It's custodian of history, man. Yeah, yeah. What what excited you the most about Yendor, Anthony? I just kept thinking, remembering him in his younger days and yeah, how he actually, the older he got, he turned to keeping, keeping a hold of all this, all the, all the information that, that he had seeing where he had ended up from his little bit wilder, crazier, younger days. And yeah, exactly all the smarts that he had. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to see him for sure. Um, and we also learn about the collective. Yes. And that's, that's a, interesting. Is it not? We, we're talking about the underground organization of engineers and scientists and technicians that were bent on sp- uh, stopping the spread of authoritarianism via technology. Yes. Which is so crazy to think, but you know what? Everything there is dependent on it. Yeah. So it's just, it's its own little rebel cell. And how about its neutrality in this big fight that we know? It almost reminds me of um, the Protestants, right? Is that what they were called? Saul Guerrero's Protestants? Partisans. Partisans. (laughs) (laughs) The religious say. They were called? Yeah. Partisans. (laughs) No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They're very much on their own, and they're doing some weird, crazy stuff, but they're aligning with the resistance right now like their goals align with the resistances right now yeah resistances <laughs> also about about leia keep in mind that during the, the, the part of this story she's still very much recovering from her injuries oh yeah being concerning uh the radis yet she's still not in the greatest shape yeah and she definitely goes back and thinks about that a lot like She's running on pure adrenaline, you know, straight up fumes. Um, it's amazing. Like, 
and it, it kind of it kind of adds more credence to the fact that she needs Poe to step the fuck up. Yes, yes, and it's weird for her to have to take a step back too. Yeah, because she just literally cannot. She's do been it doing right. it since she was sixteen, man. Yeah, almost as long as Cassie. Since he was six years yeah, old. I know. Well, that was that was cut short in Rogue One, so not yeah. as, not quite as long. Yeah, terrible, terrible. You love Cassian. Just admit it. I'm going to probably <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. So let's talk about this list and how how Poe is going to go get this list. Chandler's yeah. list of Star Wars. Him and and uh, Finn go in and basically try Covert. to yeah they they dress up real cool. How about the fact that Finn Did, was it real cool or real fancy? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Really I, fancy. I yeah. think I think it's cool. I think fancy's cool. Fancy. You know, I'm I'm a Kentucky fancy boy. Names. I'm a Kentucky boy that likes to go to Keeneland, like to dress up. Oh, that's the best part. You, you know of what it. I mean? Fancy is cool. But um how about the fact that he wore the the uh the rebellion symbol yeah. with the pride yeah. in a place that was just chock full of the first order. It's people him that spitting could have in known their face. Him. Yeah. Like, dude, this has happened to you before. In the deleted scenes of uh Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. The the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, screw it, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It made him want to do it more. Yeah. So once the first order kind of got got a uh, wind of this, mm. it all went to shit. Big time. Yeah. Like every, everything just <laughs> Yeah. So so finally they figure out, you know, we can we can go to Corellia yeah. and go and rescue some of these mm. people. And how about that RC on the list and, and Leia just loses her shit just like yes. all of us. She's just like, get it. Yeah. Could, could it be? Could it be? If so, find out. Just fucking find out. Yeah. Yep. It has to be him. And it surely was. Yeah. She had a feeling. He was in super rough shape too. Yeah. Really yeah. Not did, anymore. He said. Yeah. Not anymore. Did, did any of you guys happen to see our buddy from Radio Dakar, Doug Brooks's tweet? About his theory that Matt Smith could be playing a Ransom Casterfo in Episode Nine. That'd be neat. Yeah, I That'd like neat, that yeah. a lot. I love it. Way to go, Doug! <laughs> like that—that's that's a good good theory yeah. right there. I ain't gonna hold on to it too tight, but oh, might be hoping for that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if he'd fess up and say that he's actually involved because <laughs> he's still saying he ain't involved. But we'll see what's what. Well, they've lied to us before. They said they, they said they weren't making an Obi Wan project for how many years? <laughs> None or more. Yeah, that's the only group of folks I'm okay with lying to. Oh, me too. Uh, absolutely. As long as they like make good on their lies. And even if not, man, they gave a they gave you Baby Yoda. They did, and I'm okay from here on out. <laughs> like they could shut Star Wars down. I've got Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they've got some merchandise to pick him up, we're good to go. And there's so much merchandise for that out right now mm -hmm. that's incredible fan stuff but i want to see like legitimate so how we we actually find out about that blockade runner on Corellia, like the thing mm -hmm. uh i'm imagining that the one that that wedge looks upon with just awe yeah he's like oh man this reminds me of the good old days i'm hoping that that's the one that we that see goes through the the yeah. trees or whatever yes. yeah it's me too. yeah it's gotta be and um god that's badass yeah, Nora was suggesting that they they steal the ships um, mm -hmm. that the First Order is building in haste mm -hmm. on Corellia. But how about once, like this whole band of resistance fighters that they've got, how about is that? that three uh, teams? Yeah, you've got that Somrex Stronghammer character who was so interesting, went out in a blaze of glory. 
it reminded me of like Arnold or something, you know. Uh, Arnold, <laughs> get, to, get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's okay, god, I stand behind. That was totally. <laughs> this is how I choose to go. Um, but you got the ex, up. the ex imperial. Um, she was almost female Arnold. <laughs> yeah, I forget. I forget you do it. Yeah, I forget her name, but she takes she takes the girl under her uh, care. You know, the fifteen year old. Yeah, yeah, the fifteen. She beats the shit. <laughs> yeah, she threatened to beat the shit out of him. That was awesome. So all good things come to pass in this book. Mm. Looking forward, and I know, I know that you you got to be really careful, Anthony, with what you say because uh, you already kind of know some things about episode nine. But with that in mind, how do you feel about what this book gave you? It gave me, like I said previous, it made me feel like. How she went and told this is she took all these different things from different places in, in parts and stories that we're familiar with. And she tied so many different things together. That's what, how I said, that's how it starts getting us to, because how the story ends is with them meeting together and Poe kind of tells everybody, all right, spread yourselves out through the outer rim and other parts of the galaxy and keep Bringing in, keep recruiting, keep gathering friends, keep gathering folks that have got, got means to help us. And when the time's right, we're all coming together. Yeah. And that's making me wonder with that big wide open frame shot of how many resistance ships that the Falcon comes dropped down in the front and center. How many of that are all these folks that he sent out that's coming together? Is that is that what that is? Probably that, and then some. Yeah, I'm sure there's like little like the collective or something. They may be in there too. Like it's just, it almost reminds me of the scene that you get from Avengers Endgame when all these portals start opening up, you know. And there's like, here's these heroes and those heroes and these heroes, all from different parts of the galaxies and stuff. And there's just all these new people that got introduced that they thought were already gone. And it's very almost iconic to look at this array of ships in the same lot because Mm -hmm. nobody knew, you know, how far did this signal that Leia sent out? How did it, how far did it go? What did it reach? You know? Yeah. And yeah, they didn't respond in haste, but maybe like with all this going on with the disappearances and stuff, they didn't, they couldn't. And that's what I got out of it. But they weren't there. This year has passed. What all is going on in this year? You know, we still have time from this book up into, yeah. The Rise of Skywalker that they can go out and they're like, all right, screw them. We're going to go rescue these people and these people and these people, you know? Yeah. So why not? Like this could just be a complete collection of sales here, there and yonder picking up whatever they could get. Yeah. I like it. I, yeah. I, I give the book honestly. I, and I know we talked about this a lot on the five last stars. episode. Well, yeah, I'll give it five out of five, but we talked about it on the episode uh, before do we love it because it's new and it's giving us stuff that we really are right. dying to know? Right. I don't think that's why I gave it a five out of five. Yeah. I think that this book really kicks ass yeah, like all does. around. Yeah. So what's your full on? What, what, what is your, your scoring on this one? Five out of five. Anthony, what you got? Yep. I'm going, I'm going definitely five out of five, but for me, it is exactly for, because that's what they gave us all of, just all of that story. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The, the, the final 
ultimate sequel to all of us who follow um, as much of the supplemental material as yeah. we can because there's a metric f- ton of it and it's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Everything that I didn't know that I wanted. Yeah. Right. Like that. Yeah. Everything I didn't know that I wanted. I didn't know I wanted that, but thank you for giving it to me because now I know I wanted it. Exactly. What about you, Josh? What do you give it? I Five out of five, just because of the way it was written and just yeah. the work that she put into it and what it had to tell me story-wise. And it's a great bullet. It's it's a period for all the supplement supplemental material that you said. Yeah. Like it's just, it's a great wrapping up. I'll go and plug some friends. If you want to kind of get to know a bit more about Rebecca, go to Clashing Sabres podcast and Brandon Boylan sat down and talked with her. Oh, I saw and that. And just, just this past week, so did Eric Eilerson from the Living Force podcast. Yeah, saw he, that too. He had a talk with her, I want to say it was Thursday or Friday. Yeah, she is very much a fan, same as we are. She just got chose, she got asked if she wanted to tell this story and she immediately jumped on it. Yeah, she is a fantastic person. Go, go give those episodes a couple of listen. And she's already following me for some reason in Twitter. <laughs> you're, you got your hand in everything, man. Hey, because you're the man, buddy. Yep. That's why. <laughs> nice. That's somebody else. That ain't me. Well, fair enough. Nah, yeah, she's she's uh, the same with Zoraida Cordova. If you want to get to know her, uh, Crash of Fate. Uh, Brandon also had a talk with her too. That's on. You can find on and Delilah Dawson. Yeah, every really good stuff. Awesome. Well, while we're plugging stuff, I tell <laughs> you what, guys, it's time for. The Showbiz! Alright. Yeah, you know, we strive to keep this a super interactive show. So here are all the different ways that you can interact with us. You know, both Josh and I can be reached on the podcast Twitter and Instagram. And that's at JTComLink on Twitter and at Jam Transmissions on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page under the same name. And if blogs are your thing, you can find ours easily at JamTransmissions.wordpress.com. Ever-growing with articles from myself, Josh, and Eden... And you can follow our personal endeavors as well. Now, Josh, where can people follow your artwork and direct commission requests? Instagram users at JDRow812. And for those people in the Twitterverse, as Anthony likes to call it, it is at JoshuaRow24. And on behalf of Eden, you can follow her on Twitter at EdenGeneGray, J-E-A-N for Gene, and on Instagram at EdenGrayCosplay. And of course, if you want to hear your voicemails or emails on the show, you got to get them sent in by Monday nights to Comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K at jamtransmissions.com. And you got to follow Mr. RFB as well, just like Rebecca Roanhorse. Yep. Now, Anthony, how can uh, how can people interact with you on this social media? Well, I do have a Facebook page, but I'm most easily found in that Twitterverse at a.ruralfarmboy. Or you can even shoot me an email. Let's talk that a ways. Rural Farm Boy at Gmail. Let's do it. We love it. And that, my friends, is the showbiz. You know, also, I changed my Twitter handle today. Yeah? Yeah. I've always been at Pete Skeet, too. St. Pete. The thing is, though, um, I accidentally... Well, I I wanted to see... Because I actually am the original owner of Pete Skeet as well. And I went to look it up. 
but there are like a number of Pete Skeets, Pete Skeet three, Pete Skeet four, oh and they God. are all porn. <laughs> Probably because oh, of the skeet. Because of the skeet. Yeah. That's not why. the Pete, but the, skeet. <laughs> the the Pete and the skeet. Yeah. But the thing is, wow. um, yeah, I didn't want anybody to accidentally, Rangy, dude. yeah, to accidentally <laughs> look me up on Twitter and just right. just see some gifts of of you know Balls this and that and the, <laughs> the other. Um, so I changed it to at JTPDV. Wow, damn <laughs> transmissions, PD. Well, I'm gonna have to go and learn that one now. Alrighty, you got it, buddy. It's simple. It kind of rhymes. JTPDV. So that's me. Nice. Well, that's it, guys. You know. We had a total, I personally had a total blast having this conversation. We've already gone well over two hours. How are you guys holding up? I'm an oak. I'm hungry. <laughs> we got an oak and a hungry one. Well, I tell you what, let's close this one out. You know how to reach us all. And if you missed any of that stuff, it's going to be in the show notes. And remember, you got to get that comm link chatter into us before Monday nights. This is a special occasion, but it's always Monday nights. Comm link, C-O-M-L-I-N-K at jamtransmissions.com. That's right, friends. That's right, friends. I'm going to go say this as a listener. Let's bust their inbox. Michael Condon, let me hear you on the show, buddy. Let's hear you, buddy. So we got to give you a big, huge thanks before we go. Anthony, like, honestly, you are our very first voicemail yep. uh, contributor, and you really opened up this world for us. You've you've uh, sent us so many listeners, and, and they've even said it on the show, and we're eternally grateful for all the new friends that you've helped us make but oh, yeah. honestly more than all of that i think i speak for josh too we're eternally grateful for your friendship big time man you can honor me and i'm humbled and grateful that you asked me to come on you you're got our, it buddy you're yeah. our first guest in the uh, new year of our recordings that's right yep well we can't wait to have you on again buddy and also to hear you on that comlink link chatter yeah. and all over the twitterverse but on behalf of eden josh anthony May the force be with you. And with all of you. May the force be with us all. Always. Okay.